0: To another episode of Ferret64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. Uh, Yes, this is the video game podcast all about news, occurrences, first impressions, reviews, game shows, what's coming soon, etc. I think y'all know the gist. Uh, If you've been watching on YouTube, do appreciate that. Uh, I've been recently putting these on, on YouTube. I haven't really been doing any editing to them or anything like that, but. I thought you know, be kind of nice to at least put it on there. You can blame Squid Daddy for that one. Anyway, uh, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's go ahead and get started with uh, what was announced at that gaming show. All right, so the PlayStation Showcase was this past week, and uh, that premiered on what the uh, Wednesday of last week on the twenty. 24- Fourth, Yes. And we did a little, uh, you know, we did a little watch along. You know, there was a lot of um, interesting uh, things shown off at the showcase. And, you know, there was there was a couple like weird things shown off as well. And some things that were exciting, some things that were not so exciting. But anyway, let's start off with the most exciting thing, which was the Marvel's Spider-Man 2 trailer that they showed off. Uh, this was at the tail end of the showcase, and let me tell you, it really did bring it all together. I think about halfway through, the showcase started to really pump out the, the jams, you know what I'm saying? Um, and Spider-Man 2 was like the final cherry on top of it all. It was a pretty big cherry, though. Like This this was a very lengthy 10-minute like trailer. Showed some gameplay, showed some story stuff in there. Um, essentially, one of the first things that they showed off was... Craven ca- Craven Craven the Hunter going through a forest, and he was like, oh my god, I'm getting so bored of hunting. And then the guy comes up, and he's like, hey, New York City is full of freaks! And he's like, yes! Take me to the freaks! So, uh, you know, it fast-forwards to the gameplay, and one of the first things that happens is Spider-Man jumps out of, like, a basement, and he has the Venom suit on, which is a huge reveal. Let me tell you that much. I, I believe it is a freaking massive reveal to have that. Um, so I think that this gameplay takes place a couple hours into the game. Uh, my thoughts are that, you know, because Harry was revealed to have the Venom uh, equipped, you know, the Venom, the liquid equipped, you know, I'm, I'm saying equipped, but it's like attached to him in like this container that's like keeping him alive or something like that. Um, Harry Osborn's like, oh my God, you know, and so I think that what happens at the beginning of the game is you fight Venom, you know, Harry as Venom, and then the symbiote attaches to you. And Harry's left you know probably dying, so he's probably being kept alive and that's why in the gameplay you're tracking down the lizard to hopefully get him to do an antidote for you, but he's kind of he's kind of in his own crazy crocodile type you know, rampage, uh, in the city at the time, trying to escape the dudes. Uh, the other thing that they revealed is that, yeah, Miles Morales, he's going to be completely playable in this game. He has his own move set. Um, I think they do share a couple of things, obviously, like, probably most likely the, uh, traversal techniques. Like, there's this little glider that they pulled out midway through, and I was like, yeah, that's definitely, like, probably going to be one of, like, the new inventions that, that they that they make and that's probably before the venom section before peter gets the venom suit which would be kind of cool or maybe they just introduce it right away and they're like hey this is a a thing that we developed together you know (laughs) um the possibilities are not endless per se but it's looking really good um you know there's new enemies there's new uh traversal techniques there's new abilities um, they showed a bit of stealth gameplay, you know. That looks about the same, except now you have an ability to actually shoot a solid web for you to tightrope on, which was not in the original games. Which is really cool. Really enjoy that. Uh, Miles can go invisible still. He still has his like uh, venom punches, you know. Um, he also can do double takedowns from like the from from like the type the type the tightrope or whatever you want to call it. The I mean, it's just it's all looking really really good really smooth they have definitely been working their asses off on this game um like i said a lot of returning stuff in there but also some new stuff to be seen as well and obviously the the newest thing would be the venom suit that uh that is shown off in the game and it's affecting peter and he's being more uh, anta- antagonistic you know he's being a bit more violent you know and i think that towards the end of the game uh maybe you'll have a choice to either you know Fight as Miles against Peter or fight as Peter against Miles, I think that'd be a very interesting choice to make at the end of the game. Obviously, it leaves it a little bit too open for a sequel or something like that, but um, yeah, I think the, what they showed off was really cool. They had like this uncharted section where you were chasing down a bunch of speeding boats who were chasing after a Lizard, and there's some heli- uh, helicopters or whatever they, they're called um, coming around, and essentially, you kind of hop from Jet jet ski the jet ski or boat the boat taking out the uh taking out the the goons on top of them uh which was really it was a really cool set piece um i'm 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 very excited for for the game though it it seems like the both elements from both of the spider-man games that we have have had are coming around along with some new things you know so Genki's back who helps miles peter obviously is there um, there's a few characters who we haven't seen though, like um, we didn't see uh, Mary Jane in this one in the trailer. So we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe something's happened to her. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, they revealed that yes, it's going to be coming in fall, so you don't have to wait too long for the game. Fall 2023, just in time for the holiday season. Um, and then they also revealed before the show that co-op was definitely not going to be in the game which is not something that i really wanted per se i think it would have been cool to play with a friend one person is miles one person is peter and maybe they'll do like a side mode with that you know but i'm not really i'm not really that broken up that you know there's no co-op in this game i think it's going to be just fine as a single player experience and uh yeah i'm very very excited Uh, i'm excited to see what what they have in store for us even more so uh, they already revealed that they did not show a, they did not show their full hand at the playstation showcase which doesn't really make sense because it is like it's like hey this is this is our showcase we're selling you our console and games and blah 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 blah. why aren't you coming with all your guns you know maybe they're saving some stuff for the uh for the summer game showcase but uh yeah i'm very excited for this looks like it's very it's gonna be very good can't wait to see how the story goes etc etc um, next up, Metal Gear Solid 3 confirmed that it's going to be getting a remake. It's actually called Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. Um, the reveal trailer was kind of confusing. It was a bunch of animals, like, attacking each other. And kind of midway through, I was like, huh, I'm wondering if this is going to be Metal Gear. And then finally at the end, you know, the crocodile gets eaten by the snake or whatever. And then all of a sudden, snake reveals himself from the darkness. And then it flashes the name of the game, which is Metal Gear Solid Delta uh, Snake Eater, um, which will be coming, uh, I don't know, later this year, I think? Coming soon, so it doesn't say when exactly. Then they also, in, like, a little splash screen, revealed that there is going to be a Metal Gear Solid Volume 1 coming to the consoles, uh, or consoles, uh, later this, this year or next year. Uh, that includes Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, and I believe it also includes, like, a PSP game or something like that? I know there was a, there was a couple of, Spinoffs that they were going to put into the volume one as well, which also tells us that there might be a volume two coming as well, uh, later, you know, at a later date that has Metal Gear Solid 4, maybe Resurgence or whatever it's called Re- <laughs> Revengeance, the one where you use the sword and cut people up. I-, I can't remember the name exactly right now, I apologize. Um, you know, maybe it'll include also Phantom Pain and uh, Ground Zero's you know maybe that's going to be volume 2 you know i uh, i think that metal gear solid 5 is is a pretty it's a pretty huge game so i don't know if they would exactly include that in there but it i mean who knows i mean they they sell it for like 5 bucks now so it's like why not so yeah uh hopefully this means that we'll be getting you know these games playable in on modern consoles you know the last uh, vo- the last collection actually included 1 through 4 uh which was on the ps3 and xbox I believe it was on the PS3 and Xbox 360 together, um, but I can't quite remember. But there was a a lot of re-releases for Metal Gear back in the day, um, but they have not done one in quite some time, so this will be nice. Uh, Another game called Fair Games. This is coming from Haven Studios. It's coming to PS5 and PC. Um, Essentially, it looks like it's a very uh, sporadic probably going to be like a third-person cooperative battle rail type thing not really they, they kind of they kind of showed it off as like a heist game so maybe you're going to be like going going into a heist against other people you know and trying to steal the money and you can take them down you know uh it's probably going to play a little bit like that hood outlaws game that totally bombed but instead this one has guns so you know there you go so it wasn't really that huge of a reveal, honestly. They didn't really show too much, but I, I we can gander that it's going to be some sort of cooperative heist game and uh, you'll be taking on other people as well at the same time. Uh, Helldivers is actually getting a sequel. Uh, this was a top-down cooperative action shooter that came out back in the day, and I don't think anyone was like really... like. I don't think anyone was expecting a Helldivers sequel to be announced. But yes, there is a Helldivers sequel coming. Uh, they changed the perspective a little bit. So instead of top-down, it's a more of an older, over-the-shoulder type experience. It's a cooperative um, shooter where you, shoot against, you fight against bugs. You know, big bugs. <coughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. It's apparently coming this year. So it's coming to PS5 and PC later this year. Uh, might be a really good cooperative shooter-type game. Uh, so, yeah, 2023. Apparently, it's coming this year. On the PlayStation blog, Catherine Baskin explained, you'll step in the boots of an elite class of soldiers whose mission is to spread peace, liberty, and manage democracy using the biggest, baddest, and most explosive tools in the galaxy. Team up without the four friends to wreak havoc on the alien scourge, scourge that threatens the safety of your home, Earth. So... There you go. Pretty pretty cool there. Uh, there was a game called Concord that was revealed, but nothing else was really shown off about it. It had this really nice CG trailer. It has a really nice logo, but other than that, not much was shown off other than, hey, it looks like maybe it's going to be a shooter. Maybe you're going to pilot some spacecrafts. Maybe it's PlayStation's answer to... Uh, Um, What's it called? Uh, Starfield. Uh, This is supposedly coming in 2024. We'll have to wait for more information until then. But as of right now, there's a nice teaser trailer, but not much else. Bungie has confirmed that they're bringing back the game Marathon. They were working on this, I believe, before Sony bought them. uh, Or maybe even before they went solo. But anyway, um, Bungie released the original Marathon? no Bungie released the marathon in 1994 alright I guess I'm completely I don't know what's going on here <laughs> uh so yeah the game is essentially coming back it's gonna be a sci-fi pvp shooter extraction shooter so probably in the same vein as something like the division or something like that probably gonna be a bit of a battle royale thing put going in there as well the game will be coming to all platforms uh, currently there's no plans for a switch version though uh, right now, there is no PlayStation exclu- exclu- exclusivity, despite Bungie being owned by Sony. Now, uh, so we'll see if eventually that gets revealed. But right now, it's it's apparently coming to all platforms. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a PvP focused game. Uh, there won't be a there will not be a single player campaign. Instead, the PvP experience will be the foundation. Um, so yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's essentially going to be kind of like a, a division, you know, dark dark zones or whatever, um, but with a bit of a more sci-fi setting. Also, people uh, saw the hidden QR code inside of the trailer, followed it to a website where you could actually log in and uh, have see an interview with the game's director, who reveals more details on the upcoming game. If you're interested in it, uh, there is a YouTuber named Stylosa who gave a video breakdown for the game and also what the uh, secret developer blog was. Um, Okay, Uh, there is a new PlayStation Portable Handheld coming out later this year alongside some high-quality earbuds. Now, don't get don't get too excited because this is a cloud gaming console or handheld um, essentially it's a PlayStation 5 controller that's been cut in half with a screen in the middle uh, the screen does not look natural compared to the rest of the controller edges I feel like they need to like fill out the the screen a little bit more or maybe add some more stuff to the screen. The problem is, is that you're not going to be able to take this like on the road and just kind of like play your games from anywhere like you can with the Switch or the Steam deck. Um, Essentially, you would have to stream the game from a network. Uh, And of course, you'd have to have a pretty good network for some of these PS5 games that you could stream with cloud gaming. Um, So yeah, this is not the PlayStation Portable you're looking for, but it definitely is a portable device, you know, especially if you're a person who likes to play, you know, late into the night, maybe you want to lay in bed and play a game or two. I don't know. Uh, but it will have a 8-inch uh, HD screen with all the buttons and features of the DualSense wireless controller. Um, I don't know if... Is the share button going to be on there still? looks like it's still on there, so I guess you can still share stuff from the little thing. And then, like I said before, the there is a new, like, earbuds coming out. There's some, they're high-quality, you know, wireless earbuds um, so yeah, and you can also stream any game from your PS5 over Wi-Fi, too. So, you know, you can use the um, that streaming feature as well that a lot of people used for the PS Vita when they were... You, you could literally set up, like, the PS Vita to stream the game to the console and then play it across, like, three different consoles with the share play, and then get all the trophies for, like, The Walking Dead in one go. Like, it was kind of crazy. Anyway, so yeah, that's supposed to be coming this later this year along with the AirPods that will have lossless audio and low latency designs. Alan Wake 2 was revealed to be coming out October 17th. They showed off some gameplay and they also revealed that the game is going to be completely digital for some reason. THQ Nordic Act actually offered their services to put out a physical release of the game, uh, which they may or may not, you know, pick up. But anyway, uh, they revealed the the new kind of like story that's going on. Essentially, Alan Wake is writing another story. (laughs) Um, And there's this new character that you're gonna be playing as, uh, called uh, Trinity or something like that. Um, And it's got more of like a Resident Evil style to it, where it's a lot of over-the-shoulder camera work. You have your flashlight up at all times, of course. Um, So it has some of the same mechanics that we know and love, but it looks like it's definitely more horror-based than action-based like the original game was. So this is coming in October, uh, October 17th, 2023. Um, it looks like it's going to be pretty, pretty cool. So um, I'm guessing that the, my idea was that the, this, this FBI agent that you're going to be playing as is being written by Alan Wake. So like she's she's essentially walking through his story. It might be kind of interesting. But yeah, it looks really good. Uh, you can check out that gameplay on PlayStation's YouTube channel, just like with all these things that I mentioning here. We finally got a look at Assassin's Creed Mirage, and oh man, does this sell the game for me. I actually immediately went out and pre-ordered the game because I am very excited to finally play another Assassin's Creed game that's not going to be outrageously large and open world. Um, they definitely looks like they've scaled down the game a bit and went more to the core gameplay that we know and love from Assassin's Creed. I think the sales numbers of this game is are going to kind of show you what the people want and a lot of people i've talked to a lot of people and i've had conversations with people through discord or whatever a lot of people want that return to a more original kind of like straightforward assassin's creed game and even though valhalla odyssey and origins are good games respectively and they've definitely changed up the series for the better um they were just wait they're just too massive They, they take too long to complete uh, there's just so much going on, and it kind of pulls me away from the experience. When, you know, halfway—not even halfway through the game—I'm doing menial tasks to try and rank up and stuff like that. In the other—and the old Assassin's Creed games, guess what? You were just Ezio. You upgraded your armor. You upgrade your weapons. Boom, bada bing, you were good to go. Uh, so this new character, who uh, is um, <clears throat> uh, going to be the main character of this of this game. He has, like, this Assassin's Creed ability that kind of reminds me of the Fear takedown from uh, Arkham Knight, where essentially he can plot out taking down multiple enemies in quick succession and do it for you almost, it looks like, automatically, which might be a cool thing for groups of enemies. Um, obviously, it's very. it looks very stylish, looks very much like, you know, those original Assassin's Creed games. Um, Brotherhood is still my favorite Assassin's Creed game of all time, but I'm very excited to try this out. Assassin's Creed Mirage, it's officially coming October 12th. Um, It looks like it's gonna be pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, I'm very excited for that. Uh, Don't, don't, uh, don't miss out on this one if you like the old Assassin's Creed games. There is a new action RPG called Phantom Blade Zero coming from a mobile game developer. Uh, it's being developed by S-Game. So this is their first foray into console gaming. This is a Beijing-based developer. Uh, they're making this action RPG with a heavy emphasis on the action. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be like a third-person action game, kind of in the same vein as Ghost of Tsushima, except it's very much... It's a lot more quick. You know, it's quick gameplay, quick quick action. Um, I was thinking maybe it was like a Souls-like, but... I don't know. It kind of maybe it's more of a straightforward action game. I'm not really sure at this point. I mean, they showed a lot of trailer off. It was a three-minute trailer, um, and <clears throat> like, yeah, it looks impressive. Uh, it looks interesting. I'm just wondering how all this is going to work together. You know, what's the what's the button presses to do this? You know, what what's the button press to slice somebody in half while you're on a cherry? You know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. What I do know though is that the game looks pretty pretty stellar. Um, And that's going to be coming, I I believe they revealed that it was going to be coming like next year or something like that. Um, So it will be on PS5. No other consoles revealed yet for it. I'm guessing it's not going to be a PS5 exclusive, but you never know. Looks pretty good, though. Very interested in that on a rewatch. Another surprising reveal was the Talos Principle 2. Um, I kind of figured that they were going to be making another Talos Principle because the first one is very popular it's a very popular first person puzzle game. Uh, I never got through the entirety of the first game because it is a very in-depth like difficult puzzle game, but I am very interested in seeing how this one this this new one's going to be. Um they have obviously taken a while to to make it and create those uh, these new puzzles. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, visually, it looks pretty stunning if we are to believe that this is actual in-game uh, cutscenes and stuff Ooh, excuse me, and stuff like that. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm interested in that. That's supposed to be coming later this year as well, so maybe I should jump on Talos Principle before this game comes out. Um, there'll be new gameplay elements such as gravity manipulation and mind transference, but we'll let you discover the intricacies of these unique mechanics for yourself. So there you go. Pretty interesting there. Next up, from the maker of Grease. I guess it's not Grice or Gris. It's Grease. It's a game called Neva, which kind of sounds like that Design the Skyline album name. Neva is, uh, they didn't really show much of what the game is going to be. I'm guessing it's going to be another one of those, like hold the right stick to the right, you know, and, and do a few jumps here and there. Maybe some combat mixed in there because the trailer was very combat heavy, um, but essentially, it looks like some sort of darkness is taking over the land, and you need to guide this young wolf pup, or whatever, with 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 uh, antlers, um, maybe to I don't know somewhere. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean the the art style looks really good. It looks just like Greece, um, maybe a little bit maybe a bit more polished here and there. Um, but yeah, they, they they didn't really show off too much about it. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what the real game is going to be like um sword of the sea oh this looks really good so this is from the same people as journey and abzu etc uh, giant squid games um, essentially it looks like you're playing uh, tony hawk in, in the in a in a winding desert but not really tony hawk you know it, it looks like you're you get this uh this like sword and it's like a, a board underneath you that that helps you glide along the various dunes and stuff like that you know, just, uh, there's, like, a half pipe that you go up and down, which looks kind of interesting. Looks like there's also water sections as well in the game, so, I I mean, anything that comes from, uh, you know, the people behind Journey and Abzu, like, you know, Giant Squid Games always looks really good. Um, uh, the Pathless was okay, you know, visually it was stunning, but, you know, gameplay-wise, it wasn't that interesting to me personally, but, This looks really good. This looks like another Journey or Abzu-type game. So if you want to check this out, Sword of the Sea. looks really, really interesting. A game called Tower of Fantasy is coming. Uh, It's a free anime online open world game. Uh, Not really much to say about that, except... uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, In Tower of Fantasy, you'll explore an adventure... You'll explore an adventure through a massive, custom-crafted open world. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like this is not going to be my thing. Uh, you can customize your character and begin your journey as a wanderer in the verdant wastelands. Blah 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 blah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a you know it's kind of like a Genshin Impact type game. If you're interested in that, check out the trailer for that. A PlayStation console exclusive called Ultros is coming next year, and the trailer that they showed off looks really good. It's got like this, I don't want to say stained glass style, but it kind of reminds me of, of, um, of something like that. Maybe more of like a, it's just, it's a very colorful game. You know, you look at, you think of Hollow Knight with like the shadowy, you know, forefront and the colorful backgrounds, except this is like way more colorful. There's, there's way more colors in the spectrum here greens reds blues all working together to make a very vibrant and looking you know very good looking and flowing adventure um looks like it's going to be maybe like a metroidvania or something like that 2d exploration game um but yeah the visual style looks excellent the creature design looks really weird and interesting um it looks like it's definitely going to be like a hollow Knight type game except much more colorful um if you want to check that out the trailer looks really really good um this is coming next year though so um Got to wait a little a little while for this one. Uh, Night in the Woods is... Oh, I'm sorry. The Night in the Woods creator is has revealed their new game called Revenant Hill. Uh, essentially, this is going to be an adventure game with cats and witches, uh, where you play as a cat who uh, begins the journey to become a witch's familiar after his home burns down. Um, how you get there appears to be up to you. It looks like you make your own choices along the way in a narrative-driven adventure. If you've played *Night in the Woods*, you know the art style is very unique and very interesting, and this one continues that art style uh, with uh, it's the same art style essentially. But it looks really good. So um, there's that. I'm not not sure how the game is going to work or anything like that. It looks like it's a it's going to be a very narrative-heavy experience. But um, if you want to check out that trailer, it's available now. It does look very interesting. Does seem very interesting. <clears throat> Oh, man. Uh, Next up, Cat Quest. Pirates of the Purabean. This is in the same vein as other Cat Quest games. It's like a game where you play as the cat on, like, a map almost, and then you fight enemies, and this one has a pirate theme to it, so it's speaking to me a little bit here. Uh, Yeah, it looks like you go from area to area with with, uh, your uh, pirate ship, and then there's also, like, dungeons you can do and stuff like that, Looks like it's coming in 2024, um, so if you want to check that out, the trailer looks okay, you know, you can wishlist it now if you want to, but yeah, this is coming in 2024, looks, looks good, looks interesting. Dragon's Dogma 2, this is a pretty big reveal, they showed off some gameplay for Dragon's Dogma 2, which the last one was like 11 years ago or something like that, looks like it's going to be a very, uh, polished looking game, you know, visually, um, they, they showed a lot of, like, magic abilities and stuff like that. Um, if you're a fan of Dragon's Dogma, definitely check out this trailer. I'm sure there'll be more coming along soon, but uh, it like, uh, looks like it's going to be a very vast and open adventure. Um, lots of really interesting stuff going on in this trailer. Hard for me to explain, but there's a lot of mythical creatures, a big booby harpy, you know, a dragon, a troll, all the stuff that you expect from a medieval fantasy game. Uh, a game called grand blue fantasy relink it's another anime aesthetic kind of game uh kind of like a steam it's almost like steampunky in a way there's like flying ships and stuff like that massive enemies it uh, looks like you play with a group of heroes um no release date just yet but it did get a release window it's starting a 2023 release um so probably towards winter it says uh yeah, I mean, not much to say about this one. It looks like your average, you know, adventure, action adventure, JRPG kind of game. Um but if you're interested in that, please check it out. <laughs> please check it out for me. Uh Final Fantasy 16 had a trailer done. Nothing really new to talk about here, just it looks really good still. Um I think they had a bit more story going on in this trailer. If you want to check that out, I don't want to like I don't want to spoil anything if you're if you're trying to be like completely you know, zero information. Um, but this, you know, looks pretty good. You know, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm happy to see more information about that. They showed off a trailer for the Plucky Squire, but no new information on when it's going to be releasing or a window or anything like that. The game still looks incredible. I'm still very excited for it. Um, it's it's more of like what you want to see in a, in a crazy, wacky game like this. You're jumping out of the book, going into other books, grabbing items and bringing it back to said book, Going across mugs and into dollhouses and stuff like that looks really, really good. I'm really excited for this, but still no confirmed release date, just a 2023 window. <coughs> Resident Evil 4 <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, is getting a PSVR 2 mode. It's going to be DLC. Uh, essentially, just like the original game's VR mode, it's completely turning the game on its heels and allowing you to do so much more with it. It's hard to say how this will exactly affect gameplay. Probably will feel a lot like the Resident Evil 8 VR mode, or maybe even Resident Evil 7. Um, but yeah, a pretty interesting reveal there. Wasn't expecting this, <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially uh, you play through the game in the VR perspective instead of in the first per- or third person. So should be kind of interesting. No release date yet, but uh, it is a free DLC. They're saying it's a free DLC. So once it comes out, you'll be able to play the game in its entirety in VR. Uh, but no confirmed release date yet. No release window either. Just know that it's coming to PSVR 2. Uh, Beat Saber is available for the PlayStation VR 2 right now. There's a free upgrade for people who already own the game on PlayStation VR, the original one. Uh, also, it's, it's, a, it's a launching with the Music Pack, the Queen Music Pack, for 14 $14. Uh, you'll get another one, Bice of Dust, Bohemian Rhapsody, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Don't Stop Me Now, I Want It All, Killer Queen, One Vision, Somebody to Love, Stone Cold, Crazy, you know. Uh, we are the champions and we will rock you all available for Beat Saber in the music pack. Pretty cool that uh, you're getting this for free if you already own the PSVR version, which I believe I do. Um not sure how different the VR2 version will be. Maybe it'll look a little bit better, maybe play a little bit better, I don't know. Maybe a little bit less hassle to set it up, for sure. Uh, if you want to check that out, Beat Saber is available now. The indie physics sandbox game called Teardown is coming to PS5 and Xbox in the near future in 2023. Uh, this is like a heist game where essentially you break into a place, you grab the loot, and then you escape. Um, it's, it's, it's a very much a sandbox. You could pretty much blow up and destroy anything on uh, the map, uh, except for maybe ground... <laughs> <laughs> the ground that you're on <clears throat> so yeah it looks kind of interesting um never played it myself but uh yeah it's coming to ps5 this year if you want to check that out when that comes around um foam stars this is uh this is square enix answer to splatoon essentially uh the announcement trailer was weird it actually dropped my my uh, grade for this state of play or playstation showcase by like one letter grade because it's just so ridiculous so stupid but it also looks maybe a little bit unique, you know. The foam kind of makes mountains and stuff like that, so you you have you have more verticality to, to the game than Splatoon, I guess. But essentially, it is just Splatoon. I mean, there's a lot of moves that I've recognized from Splatoon in here, so it's not like they're not even trying to hide the fact that this is like just a Splatoon ripoff. Maybe clone is a better way of saying that because it does look like it it, it, has, it has a different style. You know the foam makes things a little bit different, but there's a lot of stuff that you will recognize in here that will tell you, like, oh yeah, that's just that's just Splatoon. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not like super jazzed about this, um, but uh, you know, who, who who wants some? Who wants foam? They also made sure to put the cute anime girl in the forefront for the trailer too. All right, Street Fighter VI showed off a trailer. Um, not really much to say about this, just a little short story trailer. It's, it's it's exactly what you expect. You essentially pick a trainer, and they teach you moves and stuff like that. So I'm guessing it's going to kind of be like that, where you you know choose a guy and kind of copy a move from their moveset, add it to your repertoire, and then eventually you fight the big bad guy and become a legend. There you go. Street Fighter Six. Five Nights at Freddy's had a reveal. Help Wanted 2 has been revealed that it's going to be coming out. Um, This will be in development for PSVR 2, so it is a sequel to its other VR counterpart. In a blog post, they said it's improving on the original title. Help Wanted 2 introduces several brand new mini-games that bring you face-to-face with familiar characters and locations from the series' past. But all is not as it seems on the new job. It'll be up to you to brave through the horrors to try and figure out the truth. Nothing was really revealed other than the basic premise... So um, you know the the the, the, the short cutscene was pretty much just like hey it's help wanted 2, baby and that that was it that that made everyone cream their pants. Arizona Shun, Sun bleh, Arizona Sunshine Two was revealed for the PSVR two. Uh, it looks like they're taking the idea of like a truly gore tastic experience like Dead Island uh, Dead Island Two and turning it into a VR game. Uh, this trailer was chock full of energy and comedy and everything in between um and it looks like they're definitely improving on the original game uh looks like it's going to be more of like an open world kind of experience if we are to believe what they're doing is real gameplay you know being able to manipulate and move body parts and weapons and stuff like that in any way and in so many different fashions plugging a zombie's mouth with a grenade and pulling the pin you know kind of stuff like that yeah, it's going to be a very interesting experience, and also you you have a dog with you in the game. So what is not to love about that? Um, the game is coming in twenty twenty three. So if you want to check that out, the trailer was pretty funny, pretty good. Not going to lie. Ghost Runner Two, very very excited about this. I love the original Ghost Runner game that came back and came out in like twenty twenty or something like that. And Ghost Runner Two was actually announced back in twenty twenty one, but now we're finally seeing gameplay footage for the for the game. It looks like there's going to be like a motorbike in the game, you know. Uh, but it looks like it also has like the same like one hit kill but be killed kind of stuff. Um, I'm very excited for this. Didn't really see too much about it, um, but uh, yeah, very excited about that. I really love the original Ghost Runner, so I can't wait for Ghost Runner Two. Immortals of Avium. Uh, This is a magic wielding game, kind of like a first person shooter, but you're using magic to shoot things, which I guess is different from your average first person experience. Um, So yeah, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, they kind of made like this big deal. There's a lot of like light stuff going on and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just looks fine. I'm not going to say anything too positive or negative about it. And finally for today, for this section, um, there's going to be a game called Towers of Aghaspa coming out. This game kind of reminds me of like a, like a Horizon-type game where it's like a survival crafting experience, though, and there's no robots. But essentially you build up like your town and you go underwater and above land and fight things. And there's a lot of cool visuals and spectacle that they showed off in the trailer. Um, but essentially it looks like Horizon, but with building, with base building. And that's coming next year as well. So, all in all, what did I think of this showcase? I thought it was like a B, a B, um, which I, th- I felt like that was a that was a good number for it. It wasn't really until more than halfway through that we finally were getting like actual reveals that I was like really excited for or really wanting. Um, There's a couple VR games that looked interesting. You know, we got some looks at some other ones as well. Um, uh, but there was some there was I mean there was some good trailers in here, but a lot of stuff that was not coming until next year, which. For a PlayStation showcase, I understand you want to show off things that are coming out that are very interesting or maybe interesting looking, but, you know, I would love to see more games coming later this year than next year. You know what I'm saying? And, and that was a big thing. You know, Plucky Spl- Squire not giving us a release date. You know, why even show it at that point, you know? Um, but th- th- there was some really interesting stuff that happened in here. Marvel Spider-Man 2, like I said, knocked that up a whole grade. Metal Gear Solid remake confirmed. Um, the Marathon coming back. Uh, Helldivers coming back, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Alan Wake 2, a VR version for Resident Evil 4, you know, a lot of good stuff in here. So I'm giving it a high B. I thought it was pretty good. Um, if you want to check out the whole thing, obviously you can watch it on YouTube. All right, here's a roundup for everything that was announced at the Warhammer Showcase or whatever they called it, the Warhammer Skulls Showcase in 2023 lots of warhammer stuff if you want to check out anything just go ahead and go over to the warhammer youtube channel or the focus home entertainment youtube channel and check out these trailers uh one game called warhammer age of sigmar realms of ruin uh wage a campaign of brutal conquest in a realm shattering real-time strategy game set in the warhammer age of sigmar sigmar nuts universe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, command four unique factions in a dynamic battle as part of a story-driven campaign and test your mettle against warlords after uh, warlords from afar in online multiplayer. Pretty interesting. you know. The trailer was a bit deceiving because it looks like a third-person action game, but it's actually an RTS, so there you go. They showed off new uh, gameplay for Space Marine 2, which looked fantastic. Uh, the gunplay, the visuals, the thump, thump, thump of your feet. All stuff you really know and love from the original game. Looks even better in this one, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, following the games, following games, workshops, skulls, showcase, Focus Entertainment, and Saber. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, nothing new there. It's coming soon to PlayStation Five, Xbox, and PC. Blood Bowl Three. They're adding in a new team called the lizard Lizardmen. Uh, this new team will have people who look like chameleons and lizards. The Lizardmen, these cold-blooded creatures, are ready to take the field with their unique blend of strength and agility, making them formable opponents in the Blood Bowl pitch. Now, I know Blood Bowl 3 was panned pretty critically. Angry Joe made an entire rant about the game. And you know what I say, you know, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't really mind Angry Joe, but watching him kind of go deep into like the content that was locked behind paywalls and stuff like that was kind of deterred me from buying the game. Um, if you want to check it out, though, be my guest. All right, there's a new content drop for Dark Tide coming out called Rejects Unite. Uh, this will be the latest update for Dark Tide, offering new content, including new missions, new enemies, and a revamped earnable cosmetic shop, and more. Um, so yeah, it looks like they're doing a bunch of stuff that people were asking for. <laughs> first off, um, but yeah, this is another, this is one of those horde type games, uh, but you're kind of like, I mean, it's kind of unique in a way that there's like. A mix of uh, i don't even know (laughs) shut up yummy all right moving on power wash simulator is getting some warhammer 40k dlc to be announced though when that's going to be coming out um the trailer only showed off the you know the the power washing gun pretty much revealing the warhammer thingamajiggy so maybe we'll be cleaning some you know space marine armor maybe we'll be cleaning up corpses i don't know (laughs) yet yet to be seen Warhammer 40k Battle Sector Orcs DLC is out now. Uh, this is a new DLC for Warhammer 40k Battle Sector. Introducing a new playable faction called the Orcs. Which, I mean, duh. Orcs are, like, huge in the Warhammer universe. But, yeah. There you go. If you're a fan of that game, boom, bada, bing, you, you can play as the Orcs now. Uh, new content for Vermintide 2. Three newly remastered adventure maps from the fan-favorite DLC of the first Vermintide game, Karak Asgaras. So if you like the original game, you're getting some DLC maps from that. And then finally, we got some uh, ultramarine-colored uh, controllers based on the Boltgun game that, come, that just came out for X- the, in the Xbox Design Lab. You can pick your color scheme, including an Xbox Wireless and Classic Ultramarines Blue, and first company-approved Stern Guard Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series Two in white and blue. Pretty, pretty slick looking. Got some gold in there. Um, got some blue in there. Looks like it's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. All right, let's move on to the next part of the show, which is what have I been playing this past week? All right, I got four games to talk about today. I'm going to try and hit them out of the park here with these with these first impressions and reviews. The first game to talk about is the Lord of the Rings Gollum. That just came out this past week. And uh, it's a game that I was interested in because we didn't really see much about it. What we did see was Gollum, or Schmeagle, climbing on walls, hiding from enemies, etc., etc., in the initial reveal trailer for this game, they showed off the decision, uh, the the choices you would be making. And what would happen, it, w- it would zoom in on Gollum's face. There would be multiple choices rotating around your head, and you would choose one. And they stripped that down completely in the final release. It's very bare bones. It doesn't really matter for this, for story stuff. You know, maybe you have one decision or here or here, there, but other than that, it really doesn't make a difference. And the whole thing where, like, you convince Smeagol or you convince Gollum to do something or another thing was also stripped down completely. Just the bare-bones, the most bare-bones thing ever. Like, think of the Life is Strange before the Storm, where you would play as Chloe and, like, convince people to do stuff by, you know, persuading them with strong arguments or whatever. Take that, but strip it down even more, and what do you got? You got Gollum. You got the Lord of the Rings Gollum here. I am very disappointed with this, not only because it was so much money to buy it. It was, like, a $50 game. Um, and But I'm also very disappointed that, like, the game just doesn't have a lot going on, you know? If the game was at least interesting in the gameplay category, I can forgive it for its lackluster story, you know? Telling the story of what Gollum did before he hunted down Frodo and the, and the Fellowship in the Fellowship of the Ring you know, great, you know, I, 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 I'm interested in seeing how he escaped from Mordor, or you know, whatever, whatever he did, like, it's an interesting concept, but the execution is very lacking here, the story is very lackluster, I would say the first five chapters of the game, maybe even six chapters of the game, are just you doing various tasks for the orcs, uh, because you're a slave, so you you pick up pe- dead people's cards, you herd animals in the cages, you do meet, you know. You do platforming across things to pull switches. You know. You 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 uh you spy on someone for the Candleman, and it's just it's just all these like mediocre tasks that make the experience really really boring. And that first like couple hours of gameplay or a couple chapters of gameplay of you just doing nothing really weighs this game down in my opinion you know if you if you're going with first impressions for this game you're going to be very very down in this game you're going probably you're probably going to call it the worst game that you've ever played the worst game of the year is this game worse than redfall it's it's hard to compare the two but i'm leaning towards yes at least redfall had some entertaining gunplay in there at least it at least it stimulated you a little bit you know Um, But this Gollum game is is really just the bare-bones experience that I was not expecting. I was expecting there to be more going on, but the trailers that they revealed to us slowly over the years, that's just it. Climbing. (laughs) Climbing and doing basic uh, stealth and stuff like that. There's really not much going on. I mean, early on, they introduced, like, oh, you can kill orcs, oh, you can hide in bushes, oh, you can do this. And they completely forget about that for about five chapters in the game until the, you're finally trying to escape. And now, oh, yeah, you can kill orcs again. Oh, you can hide in bush, bushes again. It's so annoying. <laughs> if they had cut out, like, that first five chapters of the game, maybe keep chapter one as a prologue, you know? If they have ch- cut out those chapters where you're stuck in the prison... That'd be great. Just cut right to when you're escaping because that's when the game actually becomes interesting. When you're escaping Mordor, you're escaping the prison, you're escaping the Eye of Sauron. That's when the game gets interesting. You work with this dude to get out through the sewers. You go from cart to cart trying to hide from orcs. Uh, And then it all culminates with you leading the guy into Shelob's lair and, and either deciding to spare him or kill him. With, with, you know, with, with this giant spider, and that was all actually pretty well done, the visuals improved so much, the gameplay improved, it was still janky, but it's, it improved, there was more going on, the story actually got interesting, and, and all culminated into that fi- finale with Shelob, you know, and, and you ran away from her, and led her to the dude, if you, you know, whatever, i thought the game was over at that point but then it kept going and now i'm in like the elvish woodlands right and now you're doing the same thing that you were doing in the prison where you're just stealthing around enemies quote-unquote elves trying to escape and it's the same fucking thing now and even though it's more interesting because you're in like a different environment the visuals are much more interesting like like the visual style is supposed to be like this watercolor kind of like pasty looking doughy looking type textures which i think if they fully committed to that it would have been fine but there's so many things in mordor that just look out of place unnatural bad right but then you go to the elvish area and it like it all looks good like it looks good like it doesn't look bad at all the the textures look better The, the the graphics like meld with the characters Everything looks natural, but you go back to Mordor, you think about Mordor and how it's, you know, it's all browns and blacks and grays and there's fire and blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't look good at all, and it actually hurts the game in general. Take out that Mordor section, boom, you have a much better game. You probably have a much better perspective of these of the graphics in this game because make it past like the seventh chapter or get to the sixth chapter when you get out of the prison. And the visuals immediately become better because there's warm light flooding the area. Stuff isn't just brown and black. (laughs) It actually looks vibrant and alive. And then you get to the elvish area and it looks even better. The graphics definitely work better in a more brightly lit, brightly, you know, greens and blues and shining water looks a lot better. Here's the big stinker, though. Gollum aka Smeagol looks bad um I don't mind the character design but the facial expressions the voice acting uh I apologize if you're listening to this and you did that stuff for the game I I just I'm not into it I I think that it's not that great. Now, there was a reveal for a Lord of the Rings MMO kind of game and they had a Gollum voice and it sounded terrible. It definitely sounds better than that and I think the difference between Smeagol and Gollum are pretty good, you know? But I think in general, how they wrote Gollum, not that great. Uh, how they animated Gollum, not that great. Uh, the animation style, for, like the, the look of Gollum, you know, how how he animates, not good at all. Like you you get zoom in you get like these zoom in portraits of his face and he's talking and it's cool because uh, his pupils go big and small when he's talking to his Gollum or Smeagol. You know, his facial expressions change pretty pretty well. But after he is done talking, Gollum or Smeagol, he reverts back to a default face every single time. There's no fluid animation between Smeagol and default face, Gollum and default face. So it just it's just a very jarring switch. And that definitely could have been smoothed out if they just took more time with the game. This is one of those games that had several delays and you're like, okay, they're going to be improving the game. They're going to be making these animations look better. They're going to be doing this. They're going to be doing that. What did they do with that time is beyond me because the game came out in a state that is just really not that appealing, you know? I think they were focusing on that second later half of the game because they knew that the graphics and the story and the characters worked better ...in the second half of the game... ...rather than that first half of the game... ...where you're playing, you know, in in the prison. You know, the characters' movements look more natural. The lighting is much better. The style looks better. <laughs> you know? Like, the story is actually more interesting now. And, like, they spent... Like, they hardly... like it, it feels like they cobbled together... ...the first half of this game... ...in Mordor. Because they needed a padding. They needed to make the game longer... And what that does is now these people who play, like, the first hour or two of the game go, wow, this sucks, I'm done with this, and then they don't make it to the second half of the game, which is actually worth playing, in my opinion. That sec- The second half of the game so far has been entertaining, it's been interesting, it looks better, it plays a little bit better. I mean, it's still janky, like I said before, it's still janky, like, sometimes Gollum won't grab onto things, or, like a thing will look way too high to jump to, but then you can jump to it, and he randomly latches himself to it. So it's like, there's still stuff like that that will make, that makes the experience still lesser, but it's an improvement. So instead of this game being like a one out of five, it's actually more of like a two out of five now for me personally. The second half of the game has definitely improved my standings with the game, and I think it's definitely bettering my experience we'll see if it continues that i stopped uh, i stopped a a, a little bit into the elf area um but now i i kind of see where that dlc with the elfish voices i kind of see where that it's that 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 was used here and there but there's not enough elvish language to justify the three dollar price tag for that dlc right It, it is literally hardly any elfish language in this game and I find it so weird that they wouldn't put it into the game in the first place. Like, if you're Gollum, you probably I mean Gollum does he understand Elvish? No, because when they speak Elvish, he doesn't understand it. Even the subtitles aren't 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 translated. So why would why would these elves be standing around talking English when they're around elves? I understand when when Gandalf's there. I understand. They'd be they'd be speaking English to him. So that voice pack really kind of makes the experience kind of bland because now instead of hearing elf the Elvish language, the beautiful Elven language, now we're just hearing English and the the, the, the drab subjects that these Elves are talking about while you sneak past them. So that actually did, makes the experience lesser having that DLC picked out and having a price tag on it. I'm playing it without the DLC. I'm not giving them any more money at this point. <laughs> you know? So it's unfortunate that um, that they chose to do that because it actually makes the experience lesser. I would rather hear the Elvish language when these people are when these elves are talking to each other than English. It's it's kind of ridiculous to me, in a lot of ways. Actually, playing it and going, you could have just made this one percent more interesting by having to speak speak the Elven language. You know, it, that would have been so much more interesting to me personally. Because the subjects that they're talking about while you pass them are just like, hey, how you know, how, 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 are your parents doing? Oh, hey, uh, don't forget to do this. Hey, it's been a really great time fishing. Like, it's stuff that I don't care about. But if you put in the Elvish language and I don't understand it, boom, way more interesting. <laughs> you know, you don't know what they're talking about. And you just hear this language. So yeah, it's really, really deeters the experience having that DLC taken out, you know, slashed out of the game, picked out of the game. Uh, for no reason other than uh, a, a money grab, you know, a, a, a deluxe edition, you know, for <laughs> stupid. So, yeah, the main crux of the gameplay is, like, the climbing and the jumping and the sneaking. Uh, mostly climbing and jumping, though, and that works half the time. You know, I've had times where i not really sure where to go, and, like, the game, like, just keeps killing me again and again and again. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do? You know, there's, like, sections like that. And then you finally realize what you're supposed to do and you're like, oh, I could jump there, you know, or I can do that. There's a lot of stuff like that. I feel like they designed this game pretty poorly in that in, in the level design area because there's some things that look like they're too high to jump to and you probably normally wouldn't be able to jump to that. You know, the jumps that you've been doing throughout the game are, you know, they're, they're fairly large but like you look at something and you go, wow, that's way too high up and then you try and jump to it and all of a sudden, Smeagol, he's able to jump so high and grab onto that ledge. Okay, whatever. Once you learn that you can do that, then the the, the, the stuff becomes way less obscure. But the jumping and and the climbing are still really janky. Like, you you try and jump from one ledge to another, or you try and do more advanced techniques like a wall run into a jump. It just doesn't work. And there was one point where they wanted me to do a wall run, like a straight-up wall run, and then a backwards jump, and I just could not get Gollum to do it. I was spamming square. I was spamming jump. I was trying to get him to do whatever I could to get around, the you know, to, to jump backwards and jump onto the ledge. So what happened was I was running up and I was just spamming the jump button and I was able to jump high and onto the next ledge. So I completely bypassed an entire section of the game. And I was like, oh, that's not how they wanted me to do it, but that's how I got it done. And I'm okay with that. There's another thing in this game that is very interesting, but they've fumbled completely. You can pick up like worms and bugs and stuff like that to eat and restore your health. I think it would have been a lot better of an idea to have to be you have to use health uh, healing items more often because as it stands um you barely have to heal in this game if you don't fuck up or if the game doesn't fuck up right and when you get caught by an orc or whatever it's an instant kill if you fall from a great height it's an instant kill there's hardly anything in this game that will hurt you other than like a a little bit of a too high of a fall and even then you're not going to be doing that too often unless the game Decides to fuck you. So this idea of like picking up bugs and eating them as Gollum or Sméagol kind of wasted, honestly, in my opinion. There's also uh, obviously a throw, uh, a stone throwing mechanic to distract guards. They will only walk away from their position if you hit something with the rocks, like a metal uh, metal object that's predetermined to be there, which is also pretty annoying. You can't just distract a guard by throwing a rock and they don't walk over there unless They already notice you, which is really which is really stupid. So let me explain it a little bit more. If you just throw a rock willy-nilly, they'll go huh, but they won't walk over to where the rock was. If their if their meter fills up to yellow, which means they've noticed you and they're gonna walk towards you. If you throw a rock after that, they will go huh, and then they will actually walk towards the rock. (laughs) If their meter turns red, then they will actively try and get you and shoot you with a, with crossbow bolts and whatever, and that's usually an instant kill. Um, the third thing is, like, hitting something metal, like there's these metal cauldrons that are on fire. You can hit those with metal, they'll go up to it and go, what the fuck, you know. Or if you hit a lamp and turn it off, they'll walk up to it and say, "What the you know, what's going on. So the stealth is really bare bones, the climbing is really annoyingly janky and bare bones the story is very bare bones the whole game in general just feels bare bones and the uh the you know the pc release for this game was obviously bugged the, the switch release for this game looked terrible um and it's not not much else is going on for the ps5 or xbox releases at least they, they i mean at least my game hasn't crashed yet i guess there's a silver lining there there's also collectibles to find throughout the game but it's not like you can, like, in- inspect them and look at them in your inventory or anything like that. They're just kind of like, you just pick them up and Gollum says something or Smeagol says something, and then you move on. And that's kind of annoying to me, you know? It's like, okay, I spent I spent some time to get this item out. You know, I went out of my way. All you give me is a single line, and then I'm done. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. So, yeah, in general, I'm, I'm disappointed with the game. The second half of the game has been much better than the first half, but I had to get through several hours like uh, three hours of gameplay they get you know they, they're two hours of gameplay to get to it kind of rough kind of rough and it's a hard ask you know I'm, I'm a big fan of lord of the rings i love the movies i've read the hobbit i like the animated movies i think they're great this game takes more for the from the books so like the, the design the designs of the characters orcs and stuff like that it's all more book related so you're not going to recognize a lot of the stuff that you know a lot of the characters or something like that um, which is nice, you know, it's a different aesthetic than you were used to, at least, you know. Gandalf pretty much looks like Gandalf, but a lot of other characters look different. And they, they, they obviously, they'll throw, like, these Easter eggs in there as well, you know. Like, you you can you go into this area inside the prison, and they're building the siege towers that they're going to use at Minas Tirith in Return of the King, you know. They're building the big battering ram with the wolf face on it, you know. Which are, you know, those are interesting things, and I like that, you know. It, it's interesting. It, it's, a, it's a cool visual but it's 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 not that interesting the platform around it and have like fixed camera angles like look did you see did you see the wolf head this is in the movie this is this is in the movie later this is it's like okay i get it you know i don't care but i get you i get it so yeah i'm I'm interested to see how the game's going to finish up i think i have like four or so more chapters left but um it's so far it's really been like a very disappointing experience especially with the whole decision making thing and and the in the and the mechanic where you um you have to uh you know talk with Smeagol or talk with gollum as Smeagol and convince them to do something you know it's just it's, a, it's so bare bones it's even it's even worse than the Le- life is strange beyond the storm stuff which is kind of the lowest of the low you know and like that that visual flair of having the you know the 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 things you can say circling around your head and you know the, the having to convince gollum by choosing the right thing while it's circling around your head that's all gone and that would have made the game a lot better you know it, it would have been harder to keep track of what you want to say you know it would have been it would have been a challenge to convince gollum if you have like all these different things floating around and maybe you say the wrong thing on accident because the wrong thing is in the forefront you know that would have been much better of an experience but as is, as it stands right now um cannot recommend this definitely wait for a sale and um if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, this untold story of Gollum, I think you can kind of guess how it goes, just from using your imagination, but I won't give it away. So yeah, right now, not, uh, not recommended um, until a sale comes around. At least Redfall was on Game Pass, you know, that's the one saving grace for Redfall. It was on Game Pass, so I didn't have to spend any money for that. But I'm a sucker because I'm a fan of Lord of the Rings and uh, I'm a sucker I'm a big old dummy alright moving on uh, Warhammer 40k bolt gun I was excited for this game it's a boomer shooter it has a pixel art aesthetic uh, you use the various weapons of the space marines and you uh, conquer cultists and demons on your journey to uh, get stuff for the Grand Inquisitor whatever they're called uh, so yeah, you you essentially fight through cultists, chaos, space marines, um, demons, toads, you know, all these different, uh, you know, uh, enemies in a boomer shooter format. So you have the bolt gun, the, the, you know, you have the regular bolt gun, you have a shotgun, you have a plasma rifle, and you have like a heavy bolt gun. And those have pretty much been the only weapons I've seen so far. I'm not done with the first segment of the game yet, but... I've been playing for a couple hours now, and and these chapters are really long. The one thing that's holding me back from truly loving this game is the level design and how each level just feels the same. You go up and down elevators. You're in, like, these same areas. You're getting the same keys to unlock the same doors. It 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 doesn't do enough to really make itself different. You know, it just, every area kind of looks the same. You know, sometimes you get a snow area. Sometimes you start on a cliff face. Sometimes you uh, have some green goo on the walls. But in the end, throughout these levels, you will go to the same locate looking areas with a bit of a different layout. And that's unfortunate because I'm enjoying the gameplay. I think the game's great. There's a taunt button. If you press triangle, you can taunt your enemies, which does nothing really. But you know, he, he, you know, your space Marine will, give out these quips and actually quotes from various other games too. Um, You know, the bolt gun feels good. The shotgun feels good. The plasma rifle feels good. The heavy bolt gun feels even better. And they all have their different uses. Um, But the main thing that I'm concerned about is longevity. You know, will I be playing this game in a couple weeks and still feeling high on it? And I already got to say, no, I don't think so. I think that this is a, uh, I think it's a good game in general. It's a good boomer shooter in general. But the the thing that really brings this game down is the fact that every every area looks the same. It doesn't have a lot of variety in the enemies so far, um. And I just I, I, I just feel like I'm i I feel like I'm treading water here. I, I I like I've gone through so many levels and I feel like I've made no progress in the story. I haven't even gotten to the end of the first chapter of the game, which is mind boggling to me because I've played like ten or fifteen levels so far. And the ending bosses and stuff like that—they're just bullet sponges. There's really no unique stuff about them. They're—they're they're big and they got—they got a lot of health. If you use the bolt, the heavy bolt gun, you—you can—you can melt their their health bar. I think I'm a bit more down on this game than I am positive right now, and I think it's mostly because it's just kind of been like a samey kind of experience, you know? Even though the gameplay is good, the sound effects are great, the soundtrack is amazing the different areas you go to just are not selling me on the game. And, you know, every so often they'll stop you to do, like, a cleansing. You know, you got to kill all the enemies in an area. And that becomes a little bit annoying when it happens over and over again, one after the other. You know, there there was this really cool bridge area that had, like, holes in it. I thought that was a pretty cool, cool aesthetic. If you fell, it was an instant death or you could have the enemies fall. But other than that, there's really been nothing to really, you know, bring me out of my seat and go, whoa, you know? Um and I don't think it's a problem with me not being like that into Warhammer because I love Space Marine, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, a a bit of a, you know, hidden gem, I guess you could say, you know, so I, I I mean, I don't, I don't mind the Warhammer universe. It's just, this game has just kind of been a bit of a, like a slow burn in terms of story and, 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 um, you know, just having something new happen, you know, there's been really nothing new that's been added to the game since I've started playing. So, all in all, Bolt Gun, if you like Warhammer, you're probably going to really like this game. If you like boomer shooters, it's a pretty good boomer shooter. The one annoying thing is there's no, like, one quick press button for, like, melee. You have to, like, charge your chain sword and then melee. And then you got to mash L2 to keep meleeing, you know, if an enemy has more health. Which I don't mind, but it's one of those things, that I, you know, I'm, I'm so used to Doom or quake or something like that where it's like a real you know everything's real quick and and precise and in and in and in and in bolt gun everything's kind of like lackadaisical you know you can you know your your character kind of meanders around and he's got those heavy footsteps that you know and love but for a boomer shooter you got to go a little bit faster the the turning speed of your character is so slow if you don't if you don't change up the sensitivity you know there's so many things that are kind of wrong about this game but it still is a good game you know it's still it's still worth your time it's only like 20 bucks you know but at this point i would say wait for a sale to try it out because even though it's good it's a bit one note so far and that's the worst thing for me personally because you know i can play a game like golem at least the areas are changing right but in bolt gun everything just feels the same and i feel like i'm just treading water you know what i'm saying so not a full recommend for me, but if you like Warhammer, you like Boomer Shooters, give it a try. On the streaming side of things, we finished uh, Tales from the Borderlands recently. It was a nice playthrough. Um, I have the same issue with this game that I have with any Telltale game that came out during this time, which is your choices really don't matter. You know, there is there is a very much an illusion of choice throughout the game. At least this one has some specific things that are tied to certain characters And even though I tried to do different things than I did back in the day when I originally played it, nothing really seemed to change to my liking, and I wasn't able to use more characters, and I was really annoyed. I was trying to save my money throughout the game, I was trying to do all these different things to get more characters at the end, but I couldn't do it, because the game is really, you know, it's very obscure at what exactly you need to do in order to get a character to show up at the end. With Zero, you gotta tell them you're a Vault Hunter? Like, when did that happen, you know? with the doctor you at the like I know when that happened but you got to like t- I, I, I I don't I just I don't get it. <laughs> I think in general it's a good game for a Borderlands game it's you know it's it's got that humor and it's got that style. Um obviously the gameplay is you know it's 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 actually a little bit better than most Telltale games in a way where it's like it's not all just walking around and sh- and seeing things. There's you know this inter- interactions that you do that are much more uh, in depth than other Telltale games. I mean, there's a whole section of the game where you're, you know, shooting finger guns at people, which is really entertaining. It's got that charm of a Borderlands experience in a Telltale game. And the reason why we played this game is because I recently got the new Tales from the Borderlands, which is which was made by 2K Games officially. There was no fingerprints from Telltale, and I just wanted to play this one to kind of get a feel for the series again and and hopefully compare it to the new Tales from the Borderlands, which we'll probably play in July, honestly, because June is a special month, as you if you don't know. But yeah, uh, I think it's fine. It's probably one of the better Telltale games, but even then, it still has those glaring problems with any Telltale game that I don't enjoy. Uh, so in general, I think it's like a B tier. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's worth playing. But I have problems with it that... Probably other people don't, but I, you know, it's it's a general issue with Telltale and their games in general. Also, it's kind of crazy that a lot of these characters don't come back. Reese and Vaughn are the only characters who come back who are new characters from this game. I know a lot of them die, but there's also other characters like, oh, why why didn't Fiona come back? Why didn't this person come back? Why did this guy come back? I don't know. And also, this game marks a lot of characters like the last time you see them, you know, which is also kind of weird. I think Shade never comes back in another Borderlands game, but he, he's, he has a segment in this one. Um, obviously, Scooter dies in this game, which is kind of crazy to think about, which also is a reason why I think of this one a little bit higher than other Telltale games, because consequences actually happen for the main games and main story, which is kind of crazy. You don't expect that in a Telltale game, you know. Crazy that they got a, the allowance to do that, you know. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of characters who are just kind of like, they're, they're there, or they they're, they're never really seen again, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's a B-tier kind of game, Tales from the Borderlands. And then finally, we played Pirates of the Caribbean, The Legend of Jack Sparrow. Going into this game, I knew that it was like a, a hack and slash kind of game. I didn't realize how God of War clone it was <laughs> until I started playing it. Um, essentially, it's it's literally just a hack and slash like God of War. You open chests like God of War. You have combos like God of War. It's all, But it's all in the Pirates universe, and it's... Loosely based on the first movie, um you know, Curse of the Black Pearl, and essentially you loosely go through the events of the story while also having all these different th- events going on as well, these new events that you never heard of. So, you know, it, it starts off pretty on the you know pretty pretty in a pretty good spot where like yeah, this is definitely the story of the game and or the movie and blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden it pivots and Jack starts telling the story about how he went to China and defeated. Um, these like guards who are spirits and like a giant dragon. And you're like, okay, it's cool, but okay. And then it pivots again where it's like, oh, we got stuck in the Arctic and now we're beating frozen Vikings. (laughs) And you're like, okay. (laughs) And then you get trapped on the island, the rum island. And now you're you're battling giant spiders and sand monsters. And then it all culminates with the end, you know, you fight Captain Barbosa, who is like the most tanky enemy I've ever faced in my life. His health bar is is crazy big and then the finale is you escape the get the the uh the hang the hang the noose you escape the noose um essentially the whole game was a story that jack was telling to bide time for their escape you you beat the uh the ending boss this is like a trio fight And then you destroy the fort, and then you leave, and that's the end of the game. In general, I do think it's a hidden gem. I think that this game plays pretty well. It's a pretty goofy and fun experience. It it definitely doesn't take itself seriously. Eh, Sure, it's a little janky here or there. And yeah, sure, the story beats are kind of weird, and there's some enemies who are much more annoying than others. But in general, I think it's a great tie-in game um i think it's actually a true a, a, a bit of a hidden gem on the ps2 and you can actually buy it you can still buy it now for pretty cheap it's like 12 bucks there's there's a guy on ebay who was selling brand new sealed copies that were never sold and uh it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy um so if you want to check it out i definitely would recommend checking it out if you have a ps2 or if you uh, if you want to emulate it that's fine too i think it's a pretty fun experience so it's a, it's a little glitchy a little janky but in general i think it was pretty good and you might enjoy it yourself if you like God of War or, or hack and slash type games. And I'm going to put it in the B category. Pretty, pretty good for for a tie in game. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next part of the show, which is what's in the news. All right, first up, <clears throat> Sony uh, put out, or not Sony, but Naughty Dog put out a statement about the multiplayer mode for. Um, the Last of Us Part 2, uh, which was called uh, Factions, Last of Us Factions. Um, essentially, they, Naughty Dog put out a random tweet with a update about the game. And it's because they were sort of forced to do this because Bloomberg actually put out a report uh, talking about how the game was in dire straits. The Naughty Dog tweet reads as follows. Uh, give me a second to load it here. The Last of Us fans, we know many of you have been looking forward to hearing more about our Last of Us multiplayer game. We're incredibly proud of the job the studio has done so far, but as development has continued, we've realized that what is best for the game is to give it more time. Our team will continue to work on the project as well as our other games and development, including a brand new single player experience. We look forward to sharing more soon. We're grateful to our fantastic community for your support. Thank you for your passion for our games. It continues to drive us. Um, So essentially, I mean, what this tells us is that, like, they are definitely not putting all their time into this multiplayer experience. And it seems like they're going to be putting more team, you know, more members on this new single-player game, which could be The Last of Us Part 3, could be a completely new thing, new IP. We'd have to wait and see on that. Um, Essentially, what happened, though, reports say that the uh, the leader of Bungie, who was the lead behind the Destiny uh, game, obviously... Uh, he actually came into the studio and played a bit of the multiplayer game and said that there was uh, needed a little more time. He said that it was a pretty um lackluster experience. Uh, and he was also he also brought up uh, thoughts about the longevity of the game and making sure that players get the most time out of it that they can. Um so uh, essentially, what this means is that they're probably gonna be, working more on this game, but it also could mean that they are going to be taking members away from this factions game and eventually it'll be silently canceled and we will never hear from it again. I had predicted that we would hear something about the multiplayer mode at the PlayStation showcase that came out on Wednesday, um, but almost ex- immediately after following that, you know, the day after they revealed that, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit, has been a bit of trouble and we, we might never see it. What was this faction game going to be? You might ask. Uh, well, I, 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 I was, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be some sort of battle royale in the Last of Us universe with the Last of Us controls, which I thought might be pretty good. Um, you know, they showed off some key art with like the cruise ship and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely like a place that you would battle somebody inside for the loot or something like that, you know? And I'm sure that there would be like, you know, infected around and stuff like that. Clickers and stuff kind of mixing up the gameplay, you know, you're able to, to, uh, you know, have a clicker go and attack another. You know, group of people. You can lead them to them. You know, I think that would be kind of cool. But as it stands, seems like this is not going to be around anytime soon, and it could possibly be on the way to being canceled. But we'll have to wait and see, of course. Uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Kotar did not appear at the state of uh, at the PlayStation Showcase like I predicted. Um, but the, we did get an update from the development studio saying that the development was well on its way and that it, they were just deep in the middle of the development process. So that's why we did not see anything um, recently in the PlayStation Studio uh, announcements. Um, so who we'll the to wait for more information on that. Maybe they revealed it way too early. They probably revealed it way too early, much like with most games. Um, so they're knee-deep in development, stu- in development of the game, Uh, So we will wait to hear or see more about that in the future. Let's take a step back real quick. Lord of the Rings Gollum, the studio behind the game, uh, was it Nan Nacon, um, put out a statement saying that they were sorry for the game and how it came out. In the statement, they said, Dear Players, We would like to sincerely apologize for the underwhelming experience many of you have had with the Lord of the Rings Golem upon its release. We acknowledge and deeply regret that the game did not meet the expectations we set for ourselves and for our dedicated community. Please accept our sincere apologies for any disappointment this may have caused. Our goal as a studio and as a passionate Lord of the Rings fans always have been to tell a compelling and immersive story-driven adventure. Grafting a story with Middle Earth as our playground has been the greatest honor and the biggest challenge we have faced so far... At Dedalick, we understand that the game's success relies on the enjoyment and satisfaction of its players. We genuinely value value your feedback and have been actively listening to your voices, reading your comments, and analyzing the constructive criticism and suggestions you have provided. Our development team have been working diligently to address the bugs and technical issues many have experienced. We are committed to providing you with patches that will allow you to play and enjoy the game to its fullest, fullest potential. Once again, we deeply apologize for any inconvenience caused, and we appreciate the understanding during this time. We will continue to keep you updated on our progress and provide transparent communications regarding upcoming patches and improvements. Uh, thank you for your support, Data Entertainment. So this, of course, just piles on to the other Twitter posts of the same kind from other studios like Redfall, you know, dating all the way back to Cyberpunk and Bethesda with, with Fallout 76, Forspoken, Halo Infinite... Jedi Fallen Order, and its release date, and now Gollum has joined the ranks alongside The Last of Us, actually, strangely enough, almost on the same day. Why the team had to come out and apologize is not so sure to me. Um, apologize about the state that the game was in. I mean, you guys just made an abysmal kind of game, and you have de- you delayed it for so long, like, they could have delayed it again. You know, delay it for another year. I don't care. Just put out a game that's, that's relatively playable. But... My new theory is that they needed to push this game out, get paid on it, to start work on their next Lord of the Rings game, which was recently revealed uh, by Dedelec that they are working on another Lord of the Rings game, codenamed It's Magic. It's going to be a 3D action-adventure game that will transport the character into a lush world full of mythical creatures and magic. Apparently, um... Uh, German language publication points out that Dedelec took roughly 2 million euros to fund uh, from the German government to fund the Gollum Project, Um, so I'm guessing that they are taking that and more for this 3D action adventure game. According to the description of the project uh, from the Federal Ministry of Economic Affairs and Climate Action of Germany, it says that it will tell a story from a perspective of a character which has has not been told before. Um, So... Yeah, they, 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 I think they're dumping the Gollum game. They're saying, we can't delay it anymore. We just got to put it out and maybe fix it while we go. And it's probably because they want to put more people onto this new 3D action adventure game that they're going to be producing, which is kind of shady. It's almost like the guys who did the final you know, season of the Game of Thrones were just pushing out some shit because they wanted to make a Star Wars project that they were put on, and then they were fired from that. So... Because Dedelec has the Lord of the Rings IP, they have all the information they need, they have contact with the, you know, Cerulean people, or whatever you want to say, the the J.R.R. Tolkien um, people. Um, They just went on, and they're like, yeah, Gollum, here it is, Uh, let's move on to this other game. Which is kind of annoying to me, personally. Like, finish the game you're working on, you know? Worry about the game you're working on. Yeah, you'll get paid for this. Yeah, you're probably going to make some money, but... (laughs) the 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 damage that has been caused to your studio and to your reputation is not going to be fixable especially within the next couple of years while you try and hype up this next game it's just it's people are not going to be behind it and i can guarantee that the game the next game that they make is probably going to sell pretty poorly unless they actually show us truly good gameplay the main concern going into the Golem was we didn't see much gameplay. We haven't seen, what is this game? What is this going going to be like? What is going on here? Hopefully with this next game, they're more transparent about it. They show the game before they release it. And hopefully it's in a better state when it launches. The Dolphin emulator has been taken down by DMCA. Not in general, but on st- the Steam release has been taken down. Uh, Back in March, the team announced that the GameCube and Wii emulator called Dolphin will be released on Steam uh, for free, I think, right? Um, And they had all these different, like, images of, like, a Nintendo-looking kind of game, you know, stuff like that. Um, But uh, they came out in a statement saying that the, uh, with much disappointment, they have to announce that the Dolphin on Steam, I'm sorry, the Dolphin on Steam release has been indefinitely postponed. We are notified by Valve that Nintendo has issued a DMCA against Dolphin's Steam page and have removed Dolphin from the Steam until the matter is settled. We are currently investigating our options and will have a more in-depth response in the near future. We appreciate your patience in the meantime. Um in the description of Steam, you know, they, they said like, hey, the, this, this this software does not come with any games. You need to own an original copy of the game to play whatever. The game was also promised to support 4K displays, modern controllers, and netplay with fully open source code, and it was a free download, of course. Um, there are other emulators on Steam, like Retro Arc and, and stuff like that, but it seems like Dolphin Emulator is hitting too close to home for Nintendo. Uh, a data miner and Nintendo Life user call named LuigiBlood highlighted a part of the DMCA, revealing that the Wii common key in the source code of the Dolphin Emulator was the problem. The Dolphin Emulator operates by incorporating the these cryptographic keys without Nintendo's authorization and decrypting the ROMs at or immediately before runtime. This is uh, obviously not going to fly with Nintendo. Even though a lot of this code is uh, available to use, um, I believe because they are using a Wii source code, that is where the main problem lies. So if they change that, if they do their own thing, maybe they'll be able to get this on board. But as of right now... Um, it seems like the Dolphin emulator will not be coming to Steam, which would have made it one of the most avail- like, readily available emulators out there that people know. You know, not not many people know the names of emulators, but Dolphin, that's a pretty common household video game name. All right, the, uh, uh, the Xbox Game Showcase in 2023 will be shown in 25 different movie theaters across the United States. On June 11th, uh, whether it be on Twitch Facebook Live, YouTube Live, or, yes, in a in a local movie theater, you can check out the, the Xbox Game Showcase along with the Starfield Direct, which is immediately after the Xbox Game Showcase. To receive a ticket and a passcode for the event, you need to sign up at Xbox FanFest by May 31st at Xbox.com FanFest. Ticket details will be sent on June 1st. Um, ticket sites open on June 2nd. Tickets are free and will be first come, first served basis. Um so yeah, I guess it's not detailed where you know these theaters are gonna be located. Probably across across the US, but um kind of a weird thing to do with it being so readily available across, you know, streaming platforms. Kind of a weird thing to put it in theaters, but eh, you know, whatever. Kind of interesting. You'll get ten dollars worth of snacks to use on whatever you want, though, if you sign up. So it's probably gonna be a big chain. Movie theater, probably Atlas or something like that. Not Atlas, um, Regal or something like that. Speaking of the movie theaters, the Mario movie is now the third biggest animated movie of all time. It just surpassed Incredibles 2, uh, which made 1.243 billion globally. Uh, So yeah, Mario has officially gone past 1.248 billion. The only animated movies that are ahead of it right now are Frozen 1, which made 1.284 billion and Frozen 2, which made $1.45 billion. Um, it's already expected to pass these, no- at least Frozen 1, uh, but, uh, it's already passed things like Toy Story 3, Lion King, Finding Nemo, Despicable Me, Minions, etc., etc. So, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, it's the biggest, it's gonna, it's probably gonna be one of the biggest animated movies ever, which is kind of crazy, because I, I do think that it's like a like a three and a half out of five, you know. But hey, you know it did. It did its job, and uh, it's making tons of money. And I'm sure that there's going to be plenty more movies coming out in the Nintendo universe. Keeping on the Nintendo train, Nintendo of Japan has told people that repairs for Wii U and the Wii U accessories will be uh, will be a <laughs> will be going away. It's already been gone in the U S. and Europe for a while. But apparently in in Japan, uh, there were still parts available in the inventory that they were restocking for Japanese Wii U's. But now they've said when the Wii U parts and gamepad parts and accessory parts run out, there will be no more um, maintenance on the devices. They, they, they will officially not be repairing gamepads, systems, etc. So... Um, they say they apologize for the inconvenience that this may cause. So as of right now, if you're in Japan, you can still send your Wii U to Nintendo and have it fixed. Uh, but once those parts run out, then it's ugh, gonna be cut. And like I said, it's already been gone from the U.S. and Europe for a while. So this is the last stock, the last stock home, the the last major stock of Wii U parts. Obviously, you can still go to like you know local shops and get it repaired if you if you if you if you're trusting you know. Um, but yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting to note that the shop went down before the system parts became extinct. All right, let's go ahead and um, get to the last part of the show, which is what's coming soon. All right, there was a big spotlight for Alone in the Dark on THQ Nordic's YouTube channel. Alone in the Dark, uh, this is a reboot. Um, which is coming out on the 25th of October, 2023 uh, in the showcase, they showed off a lot of gameplay and what was, what was happening with the story. Um, essentially it's, it's an over the shoulder kind of game like resident evil. People have been calling it like a, um you know, Walmart resident evil at times. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I think the graphics look pretty good. Obviously there's some stuff like that. We didn't really see, like we didn't really see any combat, even though we know one of the characters has a gun. We know there's going to be puzzles in the game, a la Resident Evil style. Uh, So yeah, this Alone in the Dark game, there's actually a demo available right now. um, If you want to check that out, it's the prologue, which will get you kind of into the characters and the basics of the gameplay. Um, This game is loosely inspired by the 1992 original. Uh, You'll be able to get your first taste of the title as part of a demo available today on the PlayStation Store. The prologue stars supporting character Grace Saunders, has been inspired by Alone in the Darks 2's infamous Jack in the Dark demo. And while the gameplay is a is um there's not much gameplay, obviously will it'll differ from the main game that you play. It's it'll be nice to explore uh, the chilling backdrop of the Der, Der Seto Mansion, which is where the game's gonna be uh, based. So yeah, um definitely inspired by recent games like Resident Evil. Um, if you want to watch the whole showcase, it's on THQ Nordic's YouTube channel for Alone in the Dark. Um, I think they've done a pretty good job of giving this game a glow-up, kind of like how Resident Evil did to Resident Evil 2, 3, and I guess 4. Um, but yeah, if you want to check this out, demo's available now, and uh, the um, YouTube video is pretty interesting if you want to check that out. New DLC is coming to Mario & Rabbids Sparks of Hope called The Last Spark Hunter. Uh, in this update, uh, the development team is teasing the second DLC, um, in this one, you're going to be going to a, uh, place called the Melody Lands Melodic Gardens, the Melodic Gardens. It'll feature new, a new enemy for Mario and company to take on. This is going to be released sometime in mid 2023. Uh, the, uh, first DLC for the game, which came out in March called Tower of Doom is already available now if you want to check that out. But yeah, there was a little teaser put out on the Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope Twitter, um, didn't really show too much, just, uh, just the name of it and, like, the f- garden that you go to. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, head over to their Twitter for Marion Rabbit Sparks of Hope, The Last Spark Hunter. Woe Long Fallen Dynasty has added a new, um, uh, has updated the game, I should say, and there's gonna be a DLC packing, pack <laughs> launching later this month. Um, so... Yes, uh, if you want to check it out, the uh, new update adds a battle, like a like a boss rush mode, essentially. Um, it's called Crouching Dragons. Uh, to get to it, you need to fast travel to that battlefield. Um, so yeah, essentially, it's a bunch of boss fights, one after the other. If you fail during a boss fight, you won't be able to reclaim the uh, morale that you gained by beating uh, the one before it. So that kind of is interesting. There's a bunch of other bug fixes and changes as well, uh, but the big thing is the new major DLC pack that's going to be coming in on June 29th, 2023, called The Battle of Zongyang. Um, There's not much to go on at the moment, but obviously there's going to be a new stage, difficulty level, weapon types, enemies, and more. Um, So yeah, this is probably going to be a paid expansion, so um, right now there's no pricing, but yeah, it's probably going to be a paid expansion Um, In the uh, little thumbnail for this, it shows a guy with a giant hammer, which we haven't seen yet. Maybe kind of cool. It also shows two of the main characters from the game who you meet, so I'm guessing you're going to be playing or battling with them against this hammer guy, or maybe the hammer guy is going to be a new guy to, 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 to fight with. I don't know. But either way, right now, new update for the game, adding some new stuff, and a new DLC coming soon. Atari is putting out a Days of Doom game. Wait, I said that wrong. Atari is putting out a new game called Days of Doom. Uh, Very much seems to be inspired by something like Darkest Dungeon or something like that. Essentially, it's a zombie game where you use turn-based combat to defeat hordes of zombies, waves of zombies, I should say. And each of your characters kind of has like a special unique ability or use to them. Some of them have giant weapons. Some of them use magic. Some of these use grenades. Some of them use blunt force. Um... Yeah, in the uh, in the description it says beautifully animated hand drawn art that brings the quirky vision of the post apocalypse to life. Eight character classes, each equipped with unique default and special abilities. Dozens of enemies from archetypal zombies to deadly raiders and mut- mutant reptilians. There's also explosive monstrosities and two brutal boss fights. Over fifty randomly occurring events, uh, over seventy items and runes to collect roguelite progression system, original orchestral soundtrack by Jilly D- Dittmar. If you want to check out the video for this, you can head over to Atari's YouTube channel and check it out. Looks uh, looks very much like a Darkest Dungeon, except with zombies, so there you go. And finally for today, Samba de Amigo is shaking its way onto Switch in August, on the 29th of August, that is. They also detailed the content that will be coming to the game in the Digital Deluxe Edition, So not only do you get the full game, along with its soundtrack, but you also get the Sonic Music DLC pack, the Sega Music DLC pack, the Sonic costume, a Tails costume, a Space Channel 5 costume, a Super Monkey Ball costume, and a Poyo Poyo costume as well. Uh, So the base game is going to be about uh, $35-ish, and the Deluxe Edition is going to be about $45-ish. So if you want to check that out, um, that'll be coming soon on the 29th of August. Samba de Amigo, Party Central. There you go. So it is a little bit outside of the summer 2023 release date that they originally had. Um, I don't. I don't think au- the late August is summer technically. Um, but uh, hey, you know, um, it's it's coming this year still. And I think this is a pretty good digital deluxe edition. Get some costumes, get some new music in there They don't have to pay extra for. Or, well, you do pay extra for, but it's going to be bundled together, so probably going to cost a little bit less in the long run. But um, here's the full track list for the Sonic the Hedgehog DLC. Um, uh, no, this is the... Why did they send... Well, okay. Hold on, let me see here. Let me click on this link. Here we go. Um, no? No? <laughs> What the heck? Why would they not link me to the Sonic set list? It says, if you want to check out the full track... Oh, the full track list. Oh. Okay, so they haven't revealed the songs coming to the Sonic or Sega packs. I'm guessing it's going to be Green Hill Zone. You know, and stuff like that. Chemical, chemical plant. All right, enough embarrassment for one day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferris 64. If you want to check me out, I stream on Twitch Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uh, on Monday, we're going to be starting Medal of Honor Vanguard, which is going to be a pretty quick playthrough. If if I'm to be you know if I if I you know know my stuff, I've never played this one before, but it's uh it's one of the last Medal of Honor games to come out on the PS2. Used the same engine as European Assault, but I think it's a better designed game from what I've seen in the little clips that I've watched. Uh, starting Thursday is our new June Plus competition. Essentially, we're going to be playing games from the PlayStation Plus catalog that I've never played or haven't finished. And I'm going to be trying to finish as many as I can in the month of June. Um, the competition is detailed in the Discord if you want to check that out. All right, everyone's favorite moment. Guess that song. Uh, the Today's song, gonna be a doozy. Last week, congratulations to Callus for getting the Vigilante 8 theme song or main theme. Uh, correct? Congratulations to him. If you want to try and get your guess in and you want to try and guess this game or this song, um, just put it into the Ferris64 channel on the Discord, and you may win a free super reaction from me. That's right. Woo! All right. Without more, Without further ado, what's the song? Play it right now. All right, like I said, if you get that right, you'll get a free super reaction. If you want to check out anything else that I do, it's all at Yummy the Ferret, whether it be YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, etc. If you want to follow my Vods channel, I'm putting, I'm uploading shorts there now. U- uh, Yummy the Ferret Vods, you can check that out if you want. And then also, I do another podcast called Film Freaks with a Z, where we talk about movies. Me and a group of friends talk about a single movie in each episode. The latest episode is about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and the next one's going to be about Inglorious Bastards. want to check that out when it comes out next week. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I am Yemi the Ferret, and I am out of here. I'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye. The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include Nintendolife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.